Welcome to the Parenting with Impact podcast with your hosts, Elaine Taylor-Klaus and Diane Dempster, co-creators of ImpactParents.com, an online community, award-winning blog, and service organization, helping parents all over the world to raise complex kids become capable, independent adults. Hi, everyone. Elaine and Diane here. And we know that you want your complex kids to grow up to be happy and independent. And yet you're not always sure how or when to help with that. In this podcast, we'll encourage you to collaborate with all kinds of complex kids and support them in navigating life and learning. And we'll interview leading experts from around the world, as well as parents in our own community, talking about how training for parents actually helps these complex kids. We'll talk about the issues we hear parents struggling with all the time and how a coach approach can support and empower your amazing young people. We won't tell you what to do. We're going to help you figure out how. So let's move on to the next conversation. Welcome back, everybody, to another conversation in the Parenting with Impact podcast. I get to share another member of our team with you today. Today, we're going to have a conversation with Danielle Junker. Hello, Danielle. Hi, Elaine. How are you? I'm great. I'm so glad you're here. So this is another, we're doing this series of, of success stories mixed in with guest experts. So we have this amazing bench of coaches. And so we're having a lot of fun interviewing our coaches about sort of their own journey and their own private practice, as well as what they're doing with us here at Impact. So I'm excited to have this conversation. So Danielle, tell us a little about where you were as a parent and a mom before you came to us at Impact and kind of a little bit about your journey. Yeah, sure. So I'm a mom of three. My kids are middle school age down. And, you know, I learned a couple of years ago that we are a neurodiverse family. And in the beginning, I had no clue. And so, you know, it's been a learning journey for us and our family to figure out how we engage with one another. And it's, it's been a lot, but I've learned so much and I'm so grateful for the journey we've been on because we've really been able to figure out how to have stronger relationships. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, it is. So so you're also a coach. So let's talk a little bit about your coaching journey. Sure. Because you've been a coach for a little while, right? Yes. yes. So, um, you know, I've spent my career working in corporate IT. And then I, you know, I started becoming interested in the people side of business. And I started doing more research and I I came across the coaching profession and it was pretty amazing. And I just wanted to learn more. So I went into coach training and it was, it was pretty profound. What I learned about myself was amazing. I, I went on a discovery process just really about myself. And I became really clear on my values and how I wanted to live my life. And it helped me know more about the direction I wanted to go. And then I was so excited to share that with other people. So, so when did you become, when did you move into coach training? I want to say I started that in 2019, I think. Okay. So several years ago. Yeah. And, you know, I remember when I was in coach training a little longer ago than that, um, like forever ago, it seems (laughs) that one of the things that we learned is that coach training is the best kept personal growth secret in the world. Yes. And that's really what you're speaking to is that you can't go through training as a coach without really learning a lot about yourself. Yes. And I think that's why at Impact Parents, what we 
the secret to what we do, y'all, is we're teaching you coaching skills. And so you can't do that without learning about yourself and your motivations and your drives and your values. Like it's, it's all part and parcel, right? Absolutely. So you were, you were, you're applying your coaching skills in the, in the workplace, right? Mm -hmm. And coaching teams and coaching, coping, coaching in a corporate environment. So what attracted you to impact? Well, I was doing so much personal research on neurodiversity, how to support my kids. And I wanted to do more of this work because I wanted to be able to help other families. I found that it was so hard for me to wrap my head around all the different sources of information, how to navigate everything um, with different providers, who to go to for what services. It was really overwhelming. And as a parent who's worked with really complex environments, if it was so overwhelming for me and I had access to a lot of resources, I felt it probably was overwhelming for others as well. Well, that's, I love what you just said is like, as a person who's already worked with complex environments, because you're in IT, it's not exactly simple stuff. No. Yeah. You're, you're accustomed to dealing with complex issues. Yes. Right. And yet it was still really hard. Yes. I think one of the things that, you know, I apply so much in, in the business world and in technology is what's the problem we're trying to solve. Right. And sometimes we get so caught up in this symptom, this thing over here that we, we forget the big picture. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what the big picture was in parenting neurodiverse children, right? And myself, I learned to myself that I was dyslexic in my thirties. So in our family environment, we have a whole, we all have different brain wires. And I call it, I call it a neurological soup. Yeah. We have a very rich and varied neurological soup. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we have that. We've got that soup. And I just wasn't really clear at times what problem I was trying to solve. And so were you always trying to solve a problem? In the beginning, yes. Now I'm not. <laughs> but in the beginning, that's yeah. a great. So let's talk about that for a bit because that I love that that that's coming up because I think that's what happens when parents start in this journey is we think we're trying to fix something. Yes. And it takes us a while to realize we're not trying to fix anything. Yeah. Well, and I also think we get so many mixed messages. I was just talking to a parent the other day who's, you know, getting feedback from school, getting feedback from providers. And the feedback they're getting is really about, well, you're, you, there is a problem to fix. But so sometimes I think it's, it's apparent to really step back and say, okay, so how do we support our children and let go of some of the message we're getting externally? This right. is a problem that we're trying to solve. We want to teach our children how to live a life that they're proud of, how to engage in the world in a way that they feel good about themselves and mm-hmm. understanding who they are, right? If my brain is wired one way and I am a hyperactive child and I'm asked to sit all day long, that's really hard. Yeah. And so, that's really, really hard. And, and how do we help those? How do we help those kids learn about themselves and just be happy with who they are? Well, and I want to highlight what you're saying. So yes, 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 to everything you're saying. And what I really want to highlight is we as parents have to discern which of those external messages we're going to internalize and which ones we're not. And we just because the school has accountabilities and metrics that they have to hit and they have 
grades, you know, grades or standardized tests or whatever, that doesn't make it our problem. Right. Right. I, and I think the piece that's really important for parents to remember is we, most of us, many of us have been raised very differently. Mm-hmm. Many of us have been raised from a compliance driven model. So it's also letting go of not just the messages we get from out there, but the messages we grew up with. Right. And, that come from in here. Yes. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. No, I think that's a beautiful, beautiful piece. So we have to, I, I often talk about it in terms of, you know, in, in impact, we talk about in sanity school, we talk about shifting expectations, mm-hmm. right? And I think what you're speaking to is that we have to learn to set our own expectations based on who we are and the kids we have rather than the expectations we thought we were going to have or that our next door neighbor has or that the school has, but to really look at here's what we've got, what's a fair and reasonable and empowering expectation for this kid this year, because it might be different next year. Absolutely. Right. Like I have this deep memory of realizing when my eldest kids like, if I keep trying to fit this kid in this box, everybody's going to be miserable forever. Mm-hmm. This, this is not going to work. Yep. And I really had to change the paradigm. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And like when I went on my journey of trying to find different research and different sources, I was so grateful to find Sanity School. It was something that I found at the end. So it, okay. but it really greatly packaged together a lot of information. And when I wanted to get involved in coaching and supporting families, when I found Impact Parents, it was like, oh, coaches can do this. <laughs> here. Let me support the work that you're doing and get involved and learn from you. And I'm really grateful for that opportunity. Well, and so are we. Thank you for that acknowledgement. And, and and you guys can hear already why I'm so thrilled to have Danielle on our team. So you came to us. First, you did sanity school, and then you came back and did the professional training. Is that correct? Sort of. I did a lot of the podcasts, and I did a lot of the online research, and I then I did pieces of sanity school. But then I really dove into it after when I wanted to. I did sanity school at fully and then did the training. So it was right. amazing. And, and so the training is a certification program we have for professionals. Sometimes they're coaches, sometimes they're complementary professionals. And that's sort of the foundation of, of the training for the coaches who come onto our bench before they do mentor train, mentor coaching and all kinds of other things. So what shifted for you, whether as a parent or a professional or both, as you started applying this coach approach, this neurodiversity informed coaching, what shifted? I think it was just always being curious. I, I mean, just just paying attention to what's happening and letting go of judgment, right? Practicing non-judgment and being curious, right? It's not about anybody else's expectations. And it's still something I'm practicing today, right? Yeah. I, I sometimes to- getting, sometimes not, but practicing. <laughs> I have to remind myself of this on a regular basis yeah. that that there is no problem to solve. It's just about taking care of myself as a parent, taking care of my family, and then supporting my kids on their journey. So how did that change your relationships with yourself and with your family? Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly became a lot kinder to myself. I still, it, it, this is a process that I've been going through for a while. And I really leaned into relationship when I let go of, I don't know, expecting one of my kids to 
keep their room clean when I realized that they didn't have the executive function skills to do it on their own. I let go of that expectation that they had to keep their room clean. And I learned what I was doing to cause uh, tension in the house. And so now am I completely letting go of a clean room? No, but I'm applying new ways to meet my child where they are about a clean room. And, you know, some days we just let it go because the mental health of my family is important. Our relationships, the trust we have, how we treat each other, those are the most important things. And then have the confidence that they have when they leave this house and how they engage in school and with their friends. Those are the things I'm most focused for. And that's really what came into focus for me as I started learning how to be a parent to a neurodivergent child. I love that. So I just want to share a quick little anecdote and then I've got a question. The anecdote was that we at some point let go of the room battle because, because there were other more important things to focus on. Yes. Right. And so the deal we made with our kids was if you want me to come in and say goodnight, you will have a clean path from the door to the bed so I don't kill myself on the way in or the way out. And that was our deal. Yeah. And and I know a lot of parents would not be able to tolerate that. And I can't say it was easy, but that's that allowed me to focus on more important things like staying connected and staying relationship and building trust. Yes. And that's what I'm hearing you speak to. Yeah, absolutely. So that's what changed for you. Mm-hmm. What do you think changed for your family? I mean, there was definitely less tension in the house. And I think that that created a lot more safety. And so, you know, we're still all working to build strong relationships. And, you know, to skillfully engage in disagreement is something we're still trying to work through because I, let's say, I'm sensitive to light and somebody else needs light in the room. Those are things we have to work on on an everyday basis. And how do we how do we collaborate in a way that honors each person's needs and still live together? Those small things happen all the time. So or how we process information. I may be the type of person where I want all the information up front, but another family member might only give it to me when it comes. But that's not how I problem solve and make decisions. So how do we work through that? Right. So there's a lot more. It sounds like a lot more respect for each other's differences. Yes. And a lot more collaboration. Yeah. What would you what do you think your kids would say is different? Hmm. I don't know. That's a really good one. I would say we let go of a lot of things. And I think that that some of that letting go made space for just more calm in the house. Yeah. Well, and I want to draw a distinction because sometimes when we use that term, let go, there are parents out there who don't understand this method yet, this approach yet, mm. who are thinking, well, you're just lowering the bar. Or you're just dropping your standards. Yeah. Does it feel like that? No, absolutely not. I think one of the pieces that I really love is kind of meet them where they are and then raise the bar, right? That's one of your sanity right. school messages, right? Meet them where they are and raise the bar. So for me to acknowledge a child is struggling to clean up after themselves or to do their homework, right? It's not to say, okay, we want them to still learn. We want them to become independent. So how do I meet that child where they are and say, okay, let's work together and figure out how we're going to do this. And I might, it might not be done tomorrow, but maybe it's done six months from now. And so I let go of the expectation that it has to be done now um, and it has to be done my way. 
but I still hold a high expectation that my child is going to do really well in the world and they're going to learn to be independent. It just might not be on my timetable. Right. Or your way. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And those, I think that distinction, like what you just said is two pieces. It's timing Mm -hmm. and it's what in our language we would say, and it's their agenda. Yes. Right. So the first piece is we do have to modify our expectation about how long it's going to take for our kids to achieve independence and Mm -hmm. their frontal lobes aren't fully fused y'all till they're close to 30. Yeah. And that's for neurotypical children too. (laughs) Neurotypical. Yeah. Between 25 and 30. And so, and I read something recently that it's only 60% there by the time they're 16 Mm -hmm. for neurotypical kids. Yeah. So they got a long way to go. And so we, if we can get off that hamster wheel, maybe that's the wrong metaphor, but if we can get off that sense of I got to have it done now because they're almost 12 or they're almost 14 or they're almost 18, right? That's huge. And then the other thing I heard you saying is to allow them to learn to do things their way, even if it's not how you would do it. Absolutely. So how does that give an example of how that might show up? Let's see. Because you have younger kids. So yeah, I'm thinking, um, Shower time. Okay. Right? (laughs) My expectation was it's going to be done before technology, right? And then they're like, oh, my one of my kids said, nope, it's not going to be done before technology. It's going to be after technology. But then after the technology, then then sometimes they didn't always want to do it. So, So there was a collaboration and engagement. Okay. So I do want you to shower. I think hygiene is important. How do we do this? All right. Do you want to do it when you get home from school tomorrow? And that type of collaboration was occurring. Now, you know, it's still, it's still a, dance. a conversation. We yeah. don't, we don't nail showering every day, <laughs> but we figure out yeah. a couple times a week when it works and then put it in there. Right. So right now you hold the expectation and you're working with them to figure out how to fulfill the expectation. And then as they get older, you begin to shift to, well, what's your expectation? Mm -hmm. And you start empowering them to take ownership of their expectations because we want them to be able to problem solve for themselves. Absolutely. Right. Yep. All right. Well, what else? So I guess one more question before we, we kind of begin to wrap up the show. So once you've got this kind of neurodiversity lens for coaching parents, I'm curious how that's now showing up in your in your work outside of impact parents when you're working in your corporate job and doing corporate work there and corporate coaching there. What's different with that neurodiversity lens? I have much more awareness of the strengths and differences of different individuals that I work with. And so I also have more awareness around executive function skills. And it's really interesting just to have that curiosity and really lean into a strengths-based approach. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that would be the, bi- the big thing that I would say, that we look at our children and we, at least for me, I look at my children and I understand neurodiversity one way. But when I look at the population of adults as a whole, Right? We are a neurodiverse population. So that means it's in corporate America. It's in, you know, it's in your churches. It's in, it's in your workplaces. It's, ev- it's everywhere. So just to 
let go of maybe some of those perceptions that someone might be lazy or someone might maybe are not great at administrative things, right? How do we look at someone who is exceptionally skilled in problem solving, in really looking at fine details and notice that in the world and celebrate that in the world? I think that's what I'm paying attention to the most. I love that. I love that. And I suspect that people in the workplace are really responding to that strength-based approach because mm. it feels so good when somebody acknowledges what you are doing instead of only pointing out what you're not doing. Right. Yeah. Okay. So tell us a little bit about how people can find out about you. Now we're going to put a link in the show notes to, um, to Danielle on our website because she is one of the members of our bench of coaches and, and does coach parents in our community, thankfully, but how else can people find out about you? Yeah, sure. So it is, um, my website is leading-purpose.com. Okay. And we'll have that in the show notes as well. Um, And who do you tend to work with in your private practice? Um, I work with mostly leaders in my private practice, and I'm starting to work with parents more with with you. So I'm I'm really excited about this journey. Yeah. So if you if you love Danielle and you know that that you've got some work issues and some family issues and you want somebody who can help you do it all, definitely let us know. Check out our bio, and um, we're happy to support you with that. Okay. So we're going to wrap this up. Believe it or not, it happens fast. Um, <laughs> What have we not talked about that you want to add or what do you want to circle back to and highlight? What do you want to leave listeners with today? I think it's, there's no one way to be in the world. And I think that for me, when I look at kids and, and growing up in different expectations, I think it's just to remember that all the differences in our kids are all the differences in people is what makes the world a beautiful place. And I really, really appreciate those differences when I look at them for all their strengths and not solely focus on the weaknesses. Yeah. I love that. So do you have a favorite quote or motto you want to share? Hmm. I think one of the things that I recently came across recently was It was, and it's not mine, and I don't know whose it is, so I'm just going to put it out there, is that uh, part of our job is everybody's born with their own instrument, and learn. we each have to learn how to play our unique instrument in life, and I loved that when I think of us learning about our brains and our kids' brains, because success is just learning how to play your own unique instrument. Oh, I love that. That's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, y'all see why I love this, this human. She's fabulous. Um, So our guest has been Danielle Junker. She has a company leading dash purpose or leading purpose is her own coaching company. And she is a coach on our amazing bench of coaches at impact parents. And I really appreciate the chance to talk to you about your journey, both personal and professional Uh, So thank you. Thank you for being here. And to those of you listening, I want to kind of guide you back as we close up this session to ask yourself, what are you taking away from today? What's one insight you want to glean from today and move forward with you into your week? Uh, There's a lot of information. There's a lot of conversation and want to make sure you take it and land it for yourself as you move into your week. 
and remember that what you're doing, the listening, the engaging, the learning, it makes a difference. It makes a difference for you, for your family, for the dynamics in your home and in your workplace. What you're doing makes a difference. Take care, everybody. See you on the next one. You've been listening to the Parenting with Impact podcast with Elaine and Diane. For more information on the Impact Parents community or to join Sanity School for Parents, please visit impactparents.com. If you like what you've heard, please share this podcast with friends who need similar guidance and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For the essentials of Elaine and Diane's coach approach to parenting, download a free tip sheet at impactparents.com slash podcast. Behavior therapy training for parents is actually recommended as a first-line treatment for complex kids. For information about Sanity School, our training program for parents or teachers, which has helped thousands of families around the globe, visit impactparents.com slash sanity school. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.